hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by SRB Field Rests. Your shotgun, bow, or rifle is an extension of who you are as a hunter. Whether you're hunting snows in a muddy mess of a field, mallards in the marsh, or whitetail from a ground blind, SRB Field Rests has your back. A local Kansas company that provides an easy-to-use, simple, and ergonomically effective solution to just awkwardly holding onto your gun or your bow when you do not need to, allowing you to have more freedom, comfort, and safety in the field. Enter discount code FOULFRONT at checkout for 10% off your order of any SRB field rest today. This episode is also brought to you by Oak Barn Beef, a direct-to-consumer, family-owned farm that delivers high-quality, DNA-tested, dry-aged Nebraska beef from their family to yours. You can select from a wide variety of boxes. My personal favorite is the Husker Beef Package, which combines jerky, ground beef, steaks, and a brisket. These packages are perfect for families, get-togethers, out-of-town hunts, or for you outfitters looking to upgrade your table fare for your clients. Order yours today at oakbarnbeef.com. And what's really important is that we band together, we speak with one voice. And I was like, you sure? Because I've got two kids, I don't want it to ruin your hunt. And you're like, yeah, yeah, just come and hunt with me. Just take your time. Like I said, it would have killed a normal man, but I'm not normal, but you're you know. When you said, why do you want to talk about that? To me, it was kind of like, oh my gosh, there's so many different factors that go into this decision. Enjoy it for what it is. Every moment of it. If, if, if you're only going to shoot one duck. Welcome to the Foul Front Podcast, part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. Hey, Foul Front, it's Hannah from Oak Barn Beef. We're giving away a box of steaks, jerky, and more premium beef exclusively for the listeners of the Foul Front. To sign up, head over to foulfront.com and click on the Oak Barn Beef Giveaway tab to enter into this giveaway. Thanks, and we can't wait for you to try our Nebraska-raised and dry-aged premium beef. Well, hey there, Foul Front. Welcome back. Actually, I guess I'm welcome back, hopefully. Uh, I know. I'm going to just get this out there right now. We missed an episode this week, and it's for a good reason. I promise. Uh, but we are back with our regular programming, and I am joined by Scotty uh, this week. Scotty, what's up? Uh, doing some brush work. Got to hunt tomorrow morning, so getting things ready. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where are you, where are you hunting tomorrow? Good try. Nebraska. <laughs> now, Scott, 
you you had a little incident this week. I think uh, I think it's worth mentioning. I, I kind of want to hear the breakdown of of how this this whole incident went down. I, I didn't know about it. You didn't divulge it to me. I think maybe you were a little bit ashamed. Um, but my I called my dad today, and he he gave me the scoop. I was not ashamed. I did nothing wrong. Uh, I'm a teacher, and we ha- we have the day off of school on Friday. Today is will come tomorrow out. or today. Yeah, and uh, we we planned a little hunt with like five of us teachers. And so I'm I'm a like an over planner kind of guy. I was sending out emails and I was like, hey, we're going to do this and this planning to go here. Please do not discuss any of this with our students, because as a teacher in a high school, you, you know, you, you make relationships with these kids and they like you and they, they want to spend more time with you than you want to spend with them. So the duck hunters in our school, I knew would try to kind of crash in on what we're doing because they think it would be so cool. To run into Mr. Gibson out in the marsh somewhere. So I said, hey, don't talk with our students about this. We don't want to have an issue. And the new guy, a first year teacher at our school, what does he do? Talks to one of our students about it. So I heard about it uh, like two periods later. A kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, I hear you're going to this place on Friday. And then today at school, you know, uh, a kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, Mr. Gibson, we went to that place last night for an evening hunt and limited out. Ha, ha, ha. And that's where we think they're planning to go again uh, tomorrow, too. So, yeah, that one was a big ball drop on his part. Yeah. So, are you, did you change plans? That is, well, this will come out after we go. So, yes, we did change plans. Yeah. Yeah. So, you changed, well, I don't think you mentioned where you're going. Must those, I don't think those kids are listening or are they? You never know. They listen, don't, they hear don't you little, never, so yeah. think so. But we'll, listen, we'll, hear you a little whippersnappers. Stay out of Mr. Gibson's honey hole. All right. Exactly. Does that work? Does that work for yeah. you? I, you know, I can't imagine when I was 17 or 16 or whatever, I didn't want to spend any time with our teachers. Oh man. That, I think that's my first, like, uh, bad etiquette on the podcast for the cell phone thing. So, I apologize for anybody that uh, uh, just uh, checked their phone. Anyways, but uh, I don't remember ever wanting to, like, see or hang out with my teachers on the weekend. Yeah, I, you? you know, there's not a lot that do, but there are some. And it's the some uh-huh. that not the majority. I get you. I get you. So, uh, so you, you've disowned this guy, right? Like you, you're not hanging out. You're not, he's this, he's not going to be in on the plans anymore. Right. Yeah. He's, he's here right now helping us brush. He's going with us. Might even join oh, us man. for the Saturday hunt as well now. Oh, I'd like to hear his take on the situation real quick. Unfortunately, he just left. He had to go, get a uh, a mojo that he brought to the school for me to fix for him, which I did. And then he still dropped the ball after I expressly said, don't tell our students. So he's really kind of in the doghouse, but he's doing uh putting in a lot of work to get the, the blinds ready. So he's trying to earn his, earn our trust back. Didn't we just talk like 30 seconds ago about how we were going to bring him on? I know. He's, he just, this is like, not... <laughs> you can't count. On I am. I'm, being a terrible, I'm being a terrible podcast host. I missed an episode. I 
I had a funny, cool little segment lined up where we were going to bring him on. And, man, you're killing me, Scott. Kill me. Anyways, I, I brought him over and I said, hey, we're going to ask you a question. Is that okay? And he goes, yeah. And then just now he goes, what time do the alarms go on on the school? And then he took off. That's okay. All right. Anyways. So you got Bryce over there with you and he's brushing blinds in. Hey, we don't have to get Bryce on the phone. It's fine. Oh, okay. I wasn't going to. Did you want, want to? Okay. No, no, no. That'll be an awkward silence that I have to cut out now. Anyways, hey, let's talk quickly um, about this weekend. We we got together and we hunted. We did. Uh, duck together, finally. I want to hear your take on it. Uh, it was a good morning. You know, it was fun to, to meet halfway. Better than the alternative of just not, not seeing you. It was uh, Bryce and I's first time having an experienced hand with us in the blind. And we got to try out a new area, an area that we probably wouldn't go to normally, but uh, I really enjoyed it there. Yeah, it was really fun for me too because I'm I'm used to driving uh, an hour and a half, two hours um, to go, uh, you know, hunting, and so it wasn't really a big deal for me. But uh, what was your kind of take on driving that far? Oh, it really wasn't that different for us. It was maybe. 20 minutes further than what we would have where we would have no, where we would have gone had we not been meeting you so it wasn't too different um we did take the interstate instead of the highway so that was oh yeah a little bit different you know because we bring a canoe strapped to the top of my explorer so that was you know we knew that was going to be interesting to see how that went in the morning and i want to say how impeccable our timing was um, yeah. i saw you guys turning off the, like the highway that i had to turn off of you were literally 30 seconds in front of me. Yeah. That's some excellent planning. Um, but anyway, okay. So walk us through uh, the site selection, um, the hunt, and maybe a couple things that you learned from having somebody that's just a little bit more experienced than you um, be in the blind. So I'm a, I'm a big time map scouter this summer when I was trying to line up the places I want to go to and get a good handle on. A, B, C, D, just kind of throughout the the early season in the marshes. I, you know, spend a lot of time on maps, and then I use that info to go out and scout these things out to see where the water up uh, was, what they looked like, where you could set up, how many groups could set up in these places. So I, I use the, the satellite maps a lot, and then back that up with going out and actually checking the places. This was different than that because this is a place that I would not have thought to drive by with it being further out. So this was map scouting, paying attention to the different shades of blues and greens and what those correlated to to actual water levels at the places that I did know what the water was like. And I, I thought I had a pretty good grasp of what this place was going to look like. But that was very much not the case when we got there. Uh, we had a bright, bright moon, totally unobstructed by clouds. And this Thankful, was like yeah. a field, basically. That's got about a foot of water across the whole thing now. And so the spaces between the grass with the bright moon reflecting off of it, everywhere you looked about a hundred yards out in front of you looked like open water and it wasn't. So we spent like, I don't know, 30 minutes. Well, I guess I, yeah, spent a lot I w- it was weird. Cause I was like, Oh, Hey, there's water. Let's go that way. Uh, so at a hundred yards, it looked like water, but 
once you got to about 20 or 30 yards, you're like, that's not freaking water. It's grass. Yeah. It's just grass everywhere. Super annoying. It was, it was pretty disheartening. <laughs> I, I panic easily. So I was like, oh man, we're not going to be able to hurt this place. Were you panicking? Oh, absolutely. Oh man. Good. I know. I was, I was, we're good. Cause like there was only other one other group and I was like, ah, we're fine. We're going to find some open water in here. Um, but, uh, we did split up to go find that water. Yes. And you were not very helpful in that endeavor because I went and walked a long, long ways. And then I, I finally called you and I was like, Hey man, I'm not seeing much. There's like this four foot wide ditch that I'm looking at and you go, Oh yeah, no, we're throwing decoys out. And I go, what the hell, man? You could have let me know. And then when I finally walked, you know, halfway across this quarter quarter section back over to you guys, you go, well, I whistled for you. And then Bryce goes, well, I was standing next to you and I barely heard it. So thanks I just for that. Wanted, you me walking. Oh, I, yeah. Maybe you would have found a better spot. I don't know. And that's the other thing. One thing I think that uh, you've really got to have it down. And this is something I learned at my job. Um, when there's a lot of, when you can't hear each other or you can't be really loud or things of that nature, uh, due to, you know, engines running or just things, you got to have like a code. And so you got to have some like hand and arm signals that you really know well, or, you know, whenever me and my other buddy, when we go out, we're always looking at each other. Um, you know, I see his headlamp and I know that um, when I see his headlamp flashing, or something like that. He's like, oh, he's found a spot. All right, good. I need to go to him. Uh, there's just different signals and methods of marking and stuff that you kind of just develop after you hunt with people for a while. Um, and also just checking, looking back at your people, like you, you not getting so zoned in on the task at hand um, and then like, you know, looking around and like, okay, hey, is Ben trying to signal, signal at me right now? Because I, I don't know, you know, I wasn't going to waste like, five minutes trying to like flag you down. You know, I, I didn't, I did not think to call you cause I didn't think you'd pick up, but um, yeah, we found some open water. And so we just started throwing decoys out and deciding where we we're going to hide. And we figured, you know, Hey, it's not that big of a, a spot. He'll come find us. Yeah. We had great cell reception there. Just so you know, just so the viewers understand that it's not like we were so far out in the boonies that phones were futile. But anyway, I'll, I'll remember that next time. If I see a flashing light, I'll know to abandon my search. All right. Go ahead. Continue. We found our spot. <laughs> uh, we had a great morning. We, uh, Bryce and I were in charge of the blind situation just because we didn't know if you were going to be leaving earlier or not. We ended up leaving at the same time, but uh, our blind was not up to snuff. It looked good uh, the weekend before when we were getting stuff together. and then in the bright moonlight day of knowing that birds are going to be seeing us. It didn't look so good anymore. So we spent a good amount of time trying to figure that out. Um, the poles I was using didn't work so well in the mud. We ended up having to fit a kayak into it just because we were in, you know, thigh deep water and we had nowhere to set anything other than that, uh, that marsh stand you had, but that wasn't going to be big enough for all of our gear for three of us guys. Yeah. Line was not great, and that, that kind of led to a big takeaway for me on it. We had really light wind that day, and we set up to let the wind work in our favor, but um, it was a 
a west wind and it was a light west wind we probably would have been better served setting up with the sun at our back yep to help us out with I, I totally agree if the wind is less than eight miles an hour i don't even care about the wind um and i don't i don't know why i didn't let that influence my decision we should have put the sun at our back um but we were playing i think it was like a 10 mile an hour wind wasn't it it was right on the edge like yeah nine yeah something like that yeah, I made the decision, and without having seen the blind, I should have gone for. I didn't, I, but I did not want, did not want the possibility of you know them decoying, um, you know, with their butts to us, and we really should have set up on that south side. But ah, you know, it was just it was kind of a strange thing because the hole was a little bit more north and south than it was east and west, um, and. I didn't want to set up on the south side, so we just I just chose the wind over the sun. So unreliable Dylan just got back. He was oh, yeah. poison now he's just kind of standing around. Yeah. Well, let's get his take real quick on uh the the blunder. Okay. Dylan, come on over, man. It's a little bit hard to hear on this, but lean in. I'm leaned in. Dylan. Yep. Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. Uh, you know, haven't met you before, uh, but you know my dad and you know all my friends. Uh, so we were talking uh, a little bit about uh, what happened this week, and I wanted, I heard Scott's take. Now I want to hear your take. Uh, on the old hunting situation? The old hunting situation. Well, you see, I, I read the email, don't tell everybody, but, but uh, I had to find out for myself, you know, do these kids, do these kids know anything about this spot? So, you know, there are a couple of them I thought maybe a little more trusty than the other one. But I had them come on up to my computer, showed them, okay, what do you know about this spot? I said, well, they didn't tell me a whole lot, but I guess they got enough information to, to use and use well. Hmm. Mm. I, I know that so he actually. You were trying to do some. You were trying to do some fact gathering. No, I just showed him the email of it. I showed him the two places. <laughs> what do you? You think? showed them the email and said, "Don't tell them about this." Yeah, that I. Did. So uh, you know, like, would you do that again? I guess. Um, I would do it again, but I would hope Scott would send me an email that's given me a place that's empty got no ducks at it so i'd, I'd lead them oh. blindly lead <laughs> them yeah i think that's one thing like we learned we just we don't i i didn't trust i wouldn't trust myself at 16 so i'm not gonna trust one of these new newer 16 year old kids you know you're, you're probably right there yeah but well, all right well I, I hope you guys have a good uh i hope you have a good hunt and i hope to uh you know uh be able to get out in the blind with you this year so sounds good all right, Scotty, shall we get back uh, to the recap real quick? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, I guess let's just fast forward here real quick. So we got through the, the, we got the blind set up and yeah, we identified we need some more foliage. So we did the best we could. And then what, what, what do you got after that? I, did you ask me a question? Dylan is messing around with a decoy, so I didn't hear you. Oh yeah. I said, so... <laughs> <laughs> we we, we got the blind all set up 
is shooting light. What do you got? Oh, yeah. Uh, great amount of birds in our decoys at shooting light. And uh, we're looking out. We c- it was pretty dark. I mean, it was hard to tell what exactly we had. I knew right. there was going to be a fair amount of pintails in the area, but they, they really, they, I kind of thought they looked like uh, just the way I could see their beaks and not being great at IDing. They looked like canvas backs to me. So it was probably a good thing that at shooting light, they kind of all took off out of there. Uh, yeah. Try to take more than our limit of uh, pintails. No, I, you know, Scott, I think there were, uh, I do. And it's strange because it was a prairie marsh, but I, I'm telling you right now, I'd put a hundred dollars on that in that group of 20 ducks that we had swimming around. There were some freaking canvas backs in there because the bill was just absolutely unmistakable. Yeah, it really stood out to me anyway. Yeah, I, I'm telling you. And I, I don't ever claim to be an expert on any of that stuff, but I'd put 100 bucks right now that there was groups of canvas back in there. So, all right, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, there was a ton, ton of birds at, before shooting line. Absolutely. So, we kind of waited around and uh, we had a group come in. And uh, we knew the first group that came in, it was still, you know, how first shooting light is. It's still a little bit dark. You can kind of tell what's going on, but not really. We knew that we had big ducks in front of us and they worked in well, got into range. We took them. Uh, each one of us knocked one down, it looked like. And uh, we, found, we found them. And sure enough, pintails to start our day, which in Nebraska this year, uh, limit is one. So we knew that the rest of our day was going to be. We were seeing nothing but pintails. Yeah. But uh, after that, there were, there were some teal that worked in. Uh, you were out looking for a pintail still. Bryce and I took one of those each. And uh, we, had, we had some other groups come in. I think the next group that started working us well was the one that I flock blocked on, as you called it, because I thought yeah, you flock blocked us, bro. I thought that you said, Scott shoot him like whispering at me and it like looking back on it, i don't know why i would think that's how you went about it uh but i just remember you yelling scott what was that and i i didn't get one out of the group you both got one out of the group yeah I had a good jam after the first shot and uh yeah you were not real thrilled with me and then you go i you know i said i thought you said shoot and you go no you're gonna know when i'm telling you to shoot that was that was a learning experience yeah, that was fun. That was funny though, because uh, yeah, you flock block. You tried to flock block us, but me and Bryce still got a bird out of it, yeah, uh, which was nice. They were they were slipping in. They were slipping in from your side, and uh, I said, I, I think you were messing around with something. I said, Scott, 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 and then you just <laughs> popped up, and bam! And like me and Bryce both looked at each other, and then we shot up, and uh, yeah, popped up and and took a shot each. Um, yeah, but anyways, that was, it was fun because it was really fun to look down the line and have you like, you just look, you looked so sheepish. You were like, yeah, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I felt pretty bad about that one. Nah, that's all right. That happens. Uh, you're just that guy now though. So. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah. After so that, one other uh, thing that, hold on, well, let me, let me rewind real quick. One other thing that I kind of thought was interesting that I haven't thought about in a very long time. Um, but I heard you both kind of whisper it, um, as I was setting things up about keeping frost off your decoys. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a new trick for you. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were setting them up. It was a cold morning. It was below freezing. And, you know, everything that we were touching that was wet had some frost on it. And you were, you were saying, set the decoys. Don't throw them because if, if the water splashes on them, it's going to freeze and then they're going to, you know, shine for the birds. So that was yeah. something that I hadn't heard before and made perfect sense to me. Yeah. Then, I got that uh, from old Fred Zink. Um, I've kind of like, I've, anytime it's going to be around like below 34 degrees or, or if I know that um, things are going to ice up, I always just place the decoys down instead of like throwing them and just so it, and you know, keeps that because if it gets water on them, they get all icy and shiny. You got to go knock them off later. It's just not, you know, it's just better. I think, I think it's a good tactic. So I would, agree. yeah, you know, whatever you can do to look more realistic with your spread is going to help you out. We had a really good looking spread. I, I think we really did. What we, what were we, we ran like what? Six dozen decoys. Either five or six. Yeah. It was a lot for the space that we were in. It was six. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was a good idea though. Like it looks different. I think everybody else in that, that area had like one or two dozen. Um, we were running, we had, a. I don't know. How did, how did you feel about that Rippler thing that you had? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it hurt us. I, yeah. I would say, I think it helped. <laughs> I think it would be much more impactful if you had like, Six of them in a spread that size, though. We just had one little spot of ripples. Yeah, I think on a zero wind day in like sheet water, something that's not going to create its own ripples and all that other stuff. Um, I, I think that's when you would use it. Um, but comparing that rippler thing, it just vibrates in the water. It just kind of creates this strange, uh, like it just looks like the water is agitated, which would, I think, would, you know, that's not bad. You, any little breakup in the water that you can get is great. But how did you, you'd never hunted with a jerk rig before, right? No, that was my first time with that. And what are your thoughts on jerk rigs? Uh, I think that you mostly used it in an effective way, but I think if somebody was experimenting with it which i mean you got to practice with stuff to get better at it uh you were really good at hitting that thing when they turned and they weren't going to see because i mean it's a violent motion when you first hit that thing and pull on it but then it settles in and you can still see the movement and the ripples uh kind of when they turn and are starting to see our spread again i think for a novice hunter it's going to be a pretty big learning curve to get good at hitting that thing at the right time though yeah i kind of do it uh as long as they're like 150, 100, 100, 150 yards out. Like I know that I can pull it and it's not going to like, they're looking straight at it and it's not going to look too strange because it's still at a distance. And then on tails and tips, you know, uh, when I can see the tips of their wings or their tails, I'll pull it. Um, but definitely while they're still flapping, um, at a distance, I'll, I'll do it to, uh, even if they're, if it's right in their face, uh, just to keep them coming. So, and then Other now you guys have that. you guys have your own jerk string now, right? Nope. Yeah, yeah, you do. I don't think so. Yeah, I gave one to Bryce as we were driving away. Said nothing about that. Oh, did he not? No. <laughs> yeah, because you're talking all sorts of smack about how you didn't want to buy one because you could make it, and I said, well. 
I had an extra one on my kayak, so. What? I'm a maker, man. I, yeah, and I do admire that about you, but I've made some jerk strings in the past, and it is worth the $12 to just go buy one. It well, really is, man. The $3 for you to just give one to Bryce. Well, yeah, it's, a, it's an important rig to have. I would say it's even more important than Mojo's, which you know how much of a fan I am about Mojo's. But All right. We're gonna, we're gonna Anything else? Beyond. We're going to be on uh, the Big Water, the Reservoir, this weekend. So we're yeah. going to try that out now that I know that he got it from you. Mm-hmm. You should. You should. Um, anyways, okay. Uh, any other uh, insights or things that you you know really want to talk about from that hunt? For we briefly, because we're already at 25 minutes, this might just turn into like a hunt recap and not even talk about the podcasts. Uh, we got to hit them a little bit. Okay. Uh, All right. The last thing that uh, was kind of a bigger takeaway for me, I've hunted with guys that definitely overcall, and um, I was what I was really happy about was one, you were in charge of the calling, so it's not like I was going to screw it up. Oh yeah, why? Hold on, let me pause you there. Why weren't did you did you uh, feel intimidated, or should I should I have like I wish looking back on it, I wish I would have had. I wish I would have coached you guys a little bit more on the calling aspect of it instead of just owning it myself. I'm glad you didn't because I've, I've been hunting with guys that uh, have, I, I, th- I could tell even as a, as a rookie hunter, you're way over calling. It was like, there's birds on the horizon. I'm just going to start blowing on this thing. And it wasn't so much your calling that I was happy with that day. We had that group of guys, I'm guessing it was just two or three guys, Sounded like young guys. They were kind of loud mm. coming into the park, and I was like, "Great, they're gonna blow their th- blow their calls at every duck they see." And they did not. If we had birds working us, they were not calling mm-hmm. at them. Uh, yeah, so- I, I was super impressed with the two groups that uh, were in that same area as us. That you're right. They were. Um, there was multiple times when I saw I was looking over as we were working big birds, and I saw that they had birds like one or two, uh, like three or four teal working in on their spread and I saw them let them land and then we shot and then they would shoot. Uh, I, I really did. I saw that twice. So I was really impressed with that. Yeah. I honestly, when we were leaving, I wish that we had parked in the same lot as they did just so we could, you know, basically say thanks. And thanks yeah. For- and like maybe swap numbers. Yeah. It was, it was uh, you're right. But anyways, continue about the calling. What did you, what'd you glean from the calling? Uh, tips and tails, you know, when they're, when they're turning out from you, that's when you want to hit them, not when they're coming at you, which I mean, I kind of knew before, but it's different when you're seeing a big group actually working you and seeing how far that they'll swing from side to side, front to back and those things, and just kind of seeing kind of how far out they are and when you can actually let that call be effective to them. Yeah, there was, there was one group that I worked really hard and it was everything I used, every trick that I had to get that group to come in. And do you, do you remember that group? Yeah, that was when you dropped a widget out of them. Pretty sure. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk? Do you remember anything from like anything that I was doing uh, during that? Cause I think that was a good, like that, that was a good one to like learn or like to see in front of you to like pick a couple tips up. A uh, big thing that stuck out was just the amount of time it sometimes can take. And, and not giving up on that group 
like because I mean there were times where they were circling, but there were a few times where they went out further than what they circled back in, where it seemed like they were giving up on us. And uh, you kept using the jerk rig. If you know if they went further out, you went back to the jerk rig. Uh, there was a few times you switched from just a single or maybe two um, end calls to you would chuckle a little bit in between with the feed call and uh, just kind of seeing how long sometimes it will take on a group but not giving up on them just because they're getting a little bit further out because they came back in. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is, is uh, so they, they wanted to put in about 100 yards away from us. Um, they really wanted into that spot for whatever reason it was. I think there was a bunch of coots over there, maybe a couple of ducks, um, but they wanted to put in like 200 yards from us. And uh, right as they're locking up on that other spot, uh, just blowing is like, it doesn't, it almost doesn't even matter if you sound good. Um, just keeping them up out of the air uh, or keeping them like from locking in on that, being like, eh, you know what? I better go check that other spot out. That's like really important because I hate seeing birds um, <laughs> light in a hundred yards from me. Um, that, that's super irritating. It it worked. I mean, because they came into us. I think I've looked at the, I've kind of because I know we had a lot of birds want to go to either that area or one other. Mm -hmm. spot. I've looked at the aerials a few times, and I think yeah. there's a. If we went back there and had same we would kind set of set up on that spot, yeah, yeah, it would it would have been a better place to be. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right. Anything else from the hunt other than the fact that having a guy that is designated as being the breakfast burrito maker. He's done it every hunt and he's so far said he's going to continue to do that. So Bryce, uh, I'm telling you that was a game changer for me. I, I haven't had somebody that's like, Oh yeah, I'll bring, I'll bring the breakfast. I've had people like just bring coffee or like, Oh donuts. But having a guy that like fries the bacon himself that goes into that breakfast burrito and like, dices up jalapeno like that was a game changer for me and i think that uh i think somebody putting some considerable effort into breakfast is something that i will value on a hunt from now on i'm sorry did you say something we were discussing our decoys for tomorrow i didn't know if you asked me Dude, a question will you focus we're, we're we're doing a podcast here your decoys will be fine looking at me like he was lost and I needed to save him. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get into the podcast uh, review. You know what? It's fine that we're going a little bit long this week because I didn't put out a Monday episode. So this is kind of like yeah. the catch all, right? Tie it in together. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. First, let's talk about your thoughts on uh, me not putting out an episode this week. What, what's your reaction to that? I, you know, you just, you put a lot of time into this, and uh, I was going to make a sarcastic comment, and I was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that." You put a lot of time oh, into this. So no, I was, I was, I was trying to pull the sarcastic comment. I really wanted the sarcastic. I don't want any genuine from you at all. I don't want any. Yeah, it's not something I'm interested from you. Yeah, I was, I was worried that you were just stricken with a terrible case of explosive diarrhea and could not find the time to get in front of your microphone or something. Yeah, something something true like that. Um, 
No, but yeah, I did. I did. I definitely let, and I'm actually recording. Um, this will piss some people off, I think. Uh, but <laughs> the Foul Front Water Foul podcast will be doing Deer Week next week. Um, because that's what I did. That's what I did this week. I was hunting deer. And I'm going to talk about it because I'm a waterfowler that's hunting deer. And I think that's still important um, to talk about how you can uh, be kind of eclectic in that. And and some of the, the things that I've learned now that this was uh, my first real like stab at deer hunting since I've become an, a, a hardcore waterfowler. So, um, but yeah, anyways. Thanks for being patient, everybody. And uh, I have a really cool episode that I'm recording with Ian um, from Powderhook uh, about deer hunting this week. And we kind of have a, some really cool tales. But anyways, let's get into the podcast, Scott. Let's start off with you, man. What did you listen to this week? Uh, I listened to Meat Eater, listened to THC, MBM, and uh, what's Remy Warren's? Cutting, cutting the distance. Cutting the distance. That's right. So yeah, let's start with uh, with Meat Eater, the one I was probably least impressed with this week. Uh, yeah, it was, you, you said that. What, what what was going on with that? You, like you usually like Meat Eater, correct? Yeah, it was, it was just it was not real. There's nothing wrong with these podcasts because I mean you do it sometimes too. It's kind of what we're doing right now, um, but kind of at his level, I, I guess I was expecting little more it was just very overly conversational and it had zero structure to it wasn't a big fan of it didn't hate it didn't love it didn't gather anything new from it hmm uh I, you know i'll be completely honest with you i did not listen to the mediator uh podcast this week so what was the you know what was the the gist of it there was not one <laughs> they just moved from top oh. i think it was Stephen Ranella, Ryan Callahan, Giannis Patelis, um, a guy that they have. I can't Spencer Newharth, maybe one of the guys yeah. that they have that writes a lot, but is also on the podcast with them every once in a while. Still makes a brief appearance. They ask him one question. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So not a fan. Okay. Um, you know, we'll talk about one that I know that you did not listen to. Um, and I want to ask you, I want to ask you why do you not, you don't listen to the end of the line podcast. Have you ever tried it? I haven't. I just, I have a few that I've started listening to and mm-hmm. I'm kind of a routine guy. And so it takes a lot for one to break in. It took a long time for the warden's watch to break into my routine. And now that it has, I'm just like bummed that it's, you know, every other week. I, I know, dude, <laughs> I've been trying to convince him every week. I talk to him. I say, you need to do a weekly episode. And he's like, I know, I know, but he's stockpiling content and he's being, he's very, he's a very diligent man. He's very thorough, very like, likes to put a lot of effort into the conversationalism that he's going to be doing. He'll record things and then be like, "Ah, I don't know if that's good enough. And it's, he's a, he's an impressive man. He's an impressive man. So there's our plug for the warden's watch, but, uh, I guess we're not there yet. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, end of the line podcast this week. Uh, so Ramsey Russell, Scott, do you know who Ramsey Russell is? I do. Okay, good. So Ramsey Russell, it, he kind of has his own mini podcast inside of uh, Rocky's podcast. 
uh, in the end of the line. And it's like worldwide traveling because uh, that's what Ramsey is. He's a worldwide duck hunting traveler. Anyways, um, he talks with Brandon Sarecki of Boss today. And if anybody's not familiar with Boss, uh, they're kind of an, uh, the biggest thing in waterfowl right now. But they kind of cut through all the bullshit and talk um, about kind of like they kind of get real about what it's like to be a business owner and really what boss is all about and kind of how it came about. And, and I think just Ramsey has a really cool way of talking to people because people, if if you don't respect Ramsey, like you don't respect anyone. And uh, so people will really open up to him and no one's going to BS Ramsey Russell. So anyways, um, that's uh, yeah, end of the line podcast. Um, what you got next, Scott? Uh, let's go with um, Remy Warren's cutting the distance. Liked it. He's he's got short podcasts, which are good a lot of times. Yeah. The one thing I like as much this week is usually he tells a great story that goes with the mm-hmm. uh, kind of advice or tip he's given you that week. That's what his podcast is all about. He wasn't as much of a storyteller this week. But the information he had about uh, uh, spotting and then stalking after was was good information if you're a big game hunter. Yeah, you know uh, one of one of the parts of my my job or my former job is uh, <laughs> doing that sort of thing, uh, but except not for deer, right? Um, and utilizing optics and. Uh, other type of equipment to scan the the horizon and uh, the landscape for uh, the targets, you know, and things that you're going to be looking for and, you know, reporting on or calling indirect fires or, or casts on. And a lot of the stuff that he's talking about is stuff that they actually teach in in the schoolhouse uh, and the different scanning things. One thing that uh, if, if you listen to that, that episode, one thing I want to give to everybody about using your binoculars do not scan from left to right ever. Why do you think that is, Scott? No idea. So, when you're reading, right? What direction do we read? Left to right. Left to right. We are really good at kind of picking up data and like missing in things. Um, like filling the gaps and kind of just looking at large, you know, piecing together little tiny bits of information um, and putting them into words and things that voice in our head as we read, right? So when you go from right to left, it actually makes you analyze things. Uh, it makes your your brain actually, okay, oof, I'm not skipping over things. Whereas when you go from left to right, you're really used to skipping that over. So when you go from right to left, at least, and you know, if you read from left to right, um, when you go from right to left, you are a lot more discriminatory about the things that you are looking at. So, just a little tidbit. What do you think of that, Scott? I think it's. Uh, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I mean, you went to army school, so. All right. Uh, next. What do you got next, bud? Let's go with uh, THC, the, hunt, the hunting collective. Oh, yeah. Good, good um, discussion on ethics, specifically on 
uh, grip and grins, as they call them, you know, taking a, a picture with your kill. I think in the waterfowl world, that probably more closely relates to the pile pick at the end of the hunt. Pile pick, yeah. yeah. It was a great discussion because they really go full circle with it. I mean, they talk about, you know, it, is it ethical or not? And if it's offending people, is it furthering our cause? And then it comes full circle towards the end when they talk about if it's something that you're passionate about, no one is going to change your mind. You know, if they they kind of come around to the idea of just do it. If it's something that you want to do and it tells us helps to tell the story of your hunt in a way that makes sense to you, then then you should do it because it's something that you're passionate about, care deeply about, and somebody's not going to get you to stop hunting because they disagree with it. So yeah. I, I like the discussion just because it goes full circle and kind of covers a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, who'd, who'd have thought you could talk for like an hour and a half about grip and grins or, you know, animal selfies or hunt selfies or whatever they call them. Um, two things that I wanted to kind of address about that topic, though. Uh, first and foremost is like being an ambassador, right? Um, and <laughs> doing our way of life uh, um, a favor in making sure that like dude everybody go look at my instagram my facebook you're gonna find some tailgate pics full of birds you know five six man limits i like it i can go through there and i can be like oh hey i remember that day that's the day we shot three redheads two canvas backs and you know whatever it was and i can go back and it's kind of a good way for me to remember like the harvests of that hunt um and I know that that's not a great look, but like they said, they kind of addressed it. It's like, well, hey, man, that's the end culture. That's the, it's kind of what we do. But the other thing I wanted to bring up with is, can I say, can I say the word a-hole on this, on this podcast, Scott? I'm pretty sure it's your podcast. I'm going to say it. So if you have a chill, if you have a child in the car right now, uh, just go ahead and turn the volume down or whatever it is. Anyways. If you put up a picture of you holding an animal's head or a duck or whatever it is in any sort of condescending manner with that stupid Facebook profile thing that says shoot animals, not selfies or whatever, shoot selfies, not animals um, from PETA, you're an asshole. And if you've done that in the past, like... Just you can if you don't like what I said, you can unfriend me. I don't care. <laughs> like, dude, you're an asshole. Like, it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help us. Am I wrong? Yeah. I, What's your take? My my take after listening to it is just kind of in between. I think I I just joined Instagram, and uh, I think what I like about Instagram is you can kind of do, uh, you know, a series of pictures, and I think maybe is taking you know a few different pictures of the morning and have that first picture be your your sunrise picture and then you know show a, a brushed in picture of you in the blind having a good time with your buddies and then end it with that pick. that's the way that the hunt's going to go you can still get that out there and uh it, it's not going to be the first thing that everybody sees though. so that's kind of where i'm at with it i don't care if anyone agrees or disagrees with that that's what i like yeah same here I, I think there's some some cool stuff to to be had um, from not only the pile pick, but then like I, one of my favorite things is like catching the small moments that uh, I, I love it when photographers catch like little the little moments like 
picking up a decoy or um, like some dude pulling the jerk string. I saw a really cool picture of a guy. I, I should, I should, I'll retweet that or whatever it is that you're supposed to do uh, later this week. But what's up? I said, yeah, I said, don't say that like that. Don't, don't retweet things. No, don't call it. You like the picture of some guy pulling his jerk string. <laughs> Find a different way to Thanks. rephrase that. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's a, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Uh, what else we got for podcasts? I know this is a little unorthodox. We're not doing it uh, as we normally do. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we've got the warden's watch. Did you listen to the one about before the weed? Uh, I tried to Bryce and I were on our way. I listened to that on our way to the hunt this weekend with you and Bryce oh, yeah. spent half of the car ride trying to blow his duck call. So it was a uh, pretty hit and miss for me. Okay. Understood. Understood. So yeah, uh, also the warden's watch. It's John Norris, uh, the guy, the everyone's familiar with him. He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, this is kind of a talk about how he got to where um, he was. They didn't they didn't talk so much about it, but they talked about where he, how he became into that task force of finding cartel, you know, weed farms out on public land, and yeah, pretty cool, pretty interesting. Um, let's see here. I also, I listened to the Joe Rogan, uh, experience, the Joe Rogan podcast Hit on cam, cam Haynes. Do you know who cam Haynes is? I do not. Never heard of him. Okay. Well, he's kind of, this is like big bow hunter that like also runs a marathon a day. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. But like, uh, he's like super in shape. And uh, definitely makes you feel bad. I think he's like 54. And he runs a freaking marathon every day. And doesn't ever get hurt. That's just a lot of time to commit to running. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but no. Anyways, he talks with Cameron Haynes about elk hunting. And like I, I'm almost over elk hunting. And until I can actually go hunt an elk myself. You know, I, I'm pretty done with all the, the elk hunting podcasts. So I am right there with you on that. <laughs> Except, I hear well, one more thing. episode of Meat Eater comes out, you know, tomorrow. So then I won't be anymore and I'll be all jazzed up about it again. I'm waiting for like the Meat Eater, or the Hunting Collective or somebody like talk about waterfowl hunting. Like we always hear, oh, duck is so great, you know. Uh, well, didn't eat. Ben O'Brien say that uh, there was going to be a waterfowl episode on this season? Oh yeah, when I interviewed him. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. He said he said he would, but it's like one episode, really. <laughs> really, one episode. He's done cranes. That counts. That's waterfowl. Yeah. Anyways, um, dude, did you? Oh, here's a question for you. For my buddy, my buddy Jeff and Andy, have you not? Have you ever listened to um, the like Stanfield Hunting Outfitters um, Big Hogger podcast? I think I've listened to half of one. What a half of one! Yeah. Why? I think Bryce and I were out uh, trying to cut grass for blind stuff, and that's just yeah. all the further we got. Oh, okay. You should. You should throw that into your lineup. It's a little irreverent sometimes. 
definitely a blue collar right wing, but <laughs> they have some good stuff on there. And uh, they also talked to um, Brandon Sarecki and they had just had a big giveaway. Uh, and then they kind of went through Zach Shaver, um, which is the little brother. And then um, their, their dad or their grandpa, Jeff's dad uh, or stepdad, uh, Ron Stanfield is hilarious. Uh, and is like the biggest character. He's got such an interesting story. Uh, but anyways, I, I would I'd throw them into your lineup as well. We'll try it out for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right. So what you guys are like, what, uh, like six hours away from being in the, in the duck line? Oh, uh, no, we're more than that. Probably six hours away from getting. Ooh, I've already divulged too much. Yeah, we're probably about six hours away from getting on the road. You're real antsy about. Uh... I am. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's just do it right now. We're not doing a countdown. Obviously, we just talked about podcasts, right? You missed yeah. one, though. Right. You missed the MVM show, right? I've been excited to get to it. Yeah, it was my favorite of the week. I don't Does that count as being number one? Have they won number one before? I, not that I know of. No, they haven't. So this does not count. Okay. Do not let well, Titus have that. It was my number okay. one. That makes him I, I personally did not listen to it this week. I've been so busy. And y'all hear about that on Monday. Uh, or this upcoming Monday. On why I did not listen to a bunch of podcasts. And blah, 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 blah. But anyways, tell me about MVM. MVM this week, Titus uh, interviewed uh, his pastor. An older older man. I think he was said he was 85 or 86. And he just mm. talked about. He's, he's been a hunter and an outdoorsman all of his life. A lot of fishing, a lot of hunting, and he went down or went through what it was like growing up in the, the 40s, 50s, being able to hunt uh, on you know neighbors' lands and things like that, pretty much unrestricted, like things are today. And the amount of things he's been able to do, he's gone on a lot of trips um, to Alaska. I don't know if he said he went to Canada or not, but he's done some big game hunting there, primarily big game hunting and grouse hunting when he was younger. But it was it was a great perspective to get somebody that's, that's grown up in what we look at as the heyday of hunting. And yeah, sure. That perspective. I think as you get older though, you're always going to look back on your youth and you're going to find something from that time to think of as, as the heyday. So it was, it was a good perspective episode and a good talk with, with a guy that spent a lot of time outdoors. Huh? Okay. I'll listen to that tomorrow morning. Um, you know, was that, was that the best one that you listened to this week? It was close with THCs. I really liked that ethics talk. But at the end of the day, that was an ethics talk. That's kind of boring. So, yeah, I'm going to go with MVM. Okay. Here it is. Uh, I'm going to call it the MVM show. It's the best podcast of the week. You think, how do you think, do you think Titus and Thomas are like cheering right now? They're probably not going to be as excited about this one. Why? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe you haven't listened to it yet, and you're calling it number one. I didn't call it number. You called maybe it number one. You called it number one. I'll validate. I'll, I'll, I'll verify on Monday that it's the best one. Uh, that works for me. Like I said, it was okay. my favorite of the week. I'm giving it to him. I'll call it number one asterisk. Needs verified. Needs verified. And you know what? This will test them. 
to see if they listened to the end of this podcast since it's 52 minutes, 29 seconds. Yeah. yeah. See how that feels, Titus, Thomas. All right. Scott, what should we leave the listeners of this fine show here with? It's uh, It's got to be close. If, it's, if your season's not open, you got to be dang close pretty much anywhere in North America. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think even, you know, my big duck season's not in right now. It doesn't. That's two weeks, Scott. I got, I got this weekend, which I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning my garage, getting everything ready, getting everything tight and locked in. Then I got a DU banquet. And then, then it's big duck in my neck of the woods. Well, you're, you're fairly busy. But I mean, even if you're, if, even if you're still waiting like Kansas is, geez, Kansas. Time to well, I mean, I can drive. I can drive an hour and a half. Find the birds. I can drive an hour and a half and go shoot big ducks in the early zone. So, or in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, that was nice too. That was good. All right. Well, shall we? That's it. That's all I got. I think the biggest takeaway from this is don't tell seventeen-year-old kids where you're going to go hunting. That is. Uh, Definitely my biggest takeaway from the week. All right. Good. All right, guys. Well, we will see you Monday where I have a special Deer Week episode where you can you can hear about exactly what the heck has been going on with the Foul Front Waterfowl podcast in the last like seven days. I'll get you all up to speed with that. We're going to have Ian from Powderhook who is doing something really special and had a has a really great story about about his deer and um yeah i'm just really looking forward to it another thing i want to mention too scott have you signed up for the oak barn beef giveaway yet i did that today did you good yeah i did looks like a pretty good deal right it does is that that's all you got you're i did did one of their packages and it came out like Eight dollars a pound, which seems like a lot, but I mean, some of that is steaks, so you're coming out ahead on those. And then the other ones, I mean, it looks like a lot higher quality than what you're going to find in a lot of places. So I think it's worth it to at least try it on some of those things, especially if you like to stock up big on your meats. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, ex- exactly. It's it's a, it's a great deal. It's a great deal. Um, and uh, if you honestly, I hate going to the store and buying meat, anyways. Because it's the most expensive part. So if you just have that delivered, you just take all that out. And then you know what you have. And this is coming from a guy that, like, I used to get my meat in, like, a half a cow from my grandpa's uh, ranch. But anyways, um, what what else? Okay, yeah. SRB field rests. You saw some of that happen this weekend, right? What's your take on that? It worked well. I mean, I, I didn't know how tall the... Of course, we're going to be on those things, but like I said, we were in thigh-high water, and it, your gun was sticking up out of the marsh, which is what you want. Yeah, it works re- in an A-frame kind of situation. It works really well if you're the guy in the end. Especially with your A-frame. <laughs> <laughs> A-frame is a generous term. Loose. Yeah, generous term, of course. All right, hey, let's get the hell out of here, man. You got to go finish up rigging up decoys and making sure. Is Bryce there? Does he not want to say hi? Bryce just left also. Oh, gosh. So, is everybody gone? 
No, Dylan's still here. Bryce will be back. Oh. Just let you just have really bad time at timing at asking for people. <sighs> okay, fine. All right. Well, good luck tomorrow morning. I can't wait to see some uh, pictures and videos. Um, yeah, keep me updated, man. Will do. All right. Catch you later, Scott. Appreciate it. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. Please come join us on our Facebook group, the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast group, where you can connect with a good group of hunters because we're all in this together. We need to act like it so that hopefully our great, great grandkids will be hunting ducks over our favorite public lands. Uh, We also ask that you go ahead and give us a written review on iTunes and give us five stars if you think we deserve it. And we really do want to hear back from you uh, so that we can give you the best possible content. And if you get in on that Facebook group, you can get in there and you can ask questions and you can tell us what you want to hear next or you can tell us uh, what you don't like. And we'll be sure to tailor things to our listeners. So, all right. Stay safe out there and we will see you next week. Offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, a mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.